Welcome to the Loftcast. I'm Paul Morrissey from the club's media team and I'm joined this afternoon for the latest episode by club ambassador Andy Sinton and my media colleague Andy Watkins. After the excitement of those back-to-back wins over High Flying Wolves and Sheffield United, the Ars have hit a sticky patch of form in recent weeks with that heartbreaking late defeat at Preston making it five games without victory. We'll be discussing that loss at Deepdale while also previewing Saturday's home game against the Leeds team who have started to turn their form around after a recent blip of their own. We'll also be catching up with Captain Ned Manua, who's eyeing in return after almost three months on the sidelines. Well, let's start then by looking at that defeat against Preston North End. And it looked like we were coming so close to picking up a real hard-fought, creditable point and it proved not to be the case. It was a team that couldn't win at home, hosting a team that can't win away. So it was always going to be close, and it really was tipped in their favour, Mr Sinton, when Jamie Mackey was sent off after 22 minutes. Yeah, when you're when you on a sort of a bad run of results, uh, the last thing you want to be doing away from home is playing with 70-odd minutes uh, with a man down, but uh, you know the sending off itself, uh, I don't think it was a, shocker, uh, a shocking challenge. Um, but actually, I've seen worse go unpunished. But I can actually, on the flip side of that, see why it was why it was given. Um, uh, so I wasn't I wasn't surprised. I wouldn't have been surprised if it was just a yellow. I think it's one of those that's right in the middle, you know. And it mm. depends on the you know the referee's interpretation of the tackle, uh, his angle that he sees. You know, very quickly the amount of Preston players that got round him and sort of put it in his mind that it could have been worse than what it was. So. Uh, so it was one of those that um, went against us on the day. And your thoughts on the manager's approach after that? Effectively, we had set up as a almost a four-five-one, certainly out of possession, and it just became a, a four-four-one, didn't it? When we lost Jamie Mackey, yeah, it was a natural thing for for Rolly to do, you know. And uh, you know, credit to the lads. I thought, you know, I was gutted at the end. We'll come to that in a minute, you know. But uh, I thought once we went down to to ten men, the approach was great. You know, two banks of four, mm. hard to hard to get through. Thought we defended as a team incredibly well, you know, bodies on the line, getting blocks in, uh, limiting Preston to to not a massive amount. You know, Alex has made a couple of saves, but he's not overly worked. No, and you would expect him at some point to be called into action when you're down to 10 men for 70 minutes. Exactly, when you go away from home in any game, you, yeah. you're going to need your goalkeeper. To, you, you, very rarely does your keeper have nothing to do. So, uh, as I say, I thought the approach was, was good. Um, you know, we we broke quite well as well at times. You know, we for me on comms watching, been a little bit critical of balls into the box. But I thought we got into some good areas, and our ball was actually a lot better into the box without coming to anything. And I think Pavel got forward and put a couple of really good balls in on a on a different day. You get the first touch, uh, that gets your noses in front. But uh, but yeah, proved to be a a really frustrating end into the game. It did. We'll speak about that in a moment. And Mr Watkins, we did look to have limited Preston and seem to be heading for that hard-fought draw. Yeah, exactly that. I think um, what Sins was saying, the fact that we had 10 men for the best part of 65 minutes, I think when you go down to 10 men after at any stage in the game, but certainly after 22 minutes or whatever it was, um, we didn't look, I don't think we looked like a side that had only 10 players. I thought it was a pretty even game. And yes, I mean, Preston did have spells in the the second half where we were soaking up a bit of pressure but nothing that you didn't you know that looked like breaking us down um and then as you say you know that when it did come you know 88th minute 
Um, it's pretty gutting because having played so well with with ten men and restricted Preston to, I mean, not too many clear cut chances. I can think of one. I think it's Barkus had the, had a volley that Smithy sort of tipped over at the second attempt, but they had a few corners and you knew their fans were kind of going to get more restless as the second half went on because you know all the pressure was on them you know and I think a lot of people say it, when you're playing against 10 men it's usually the fans expect ah it's going to be a nice easy afternoon now but in a strange way it mm. kind of makes it harder for the, the team with 11 because the pressure's on them to to break the team of 10 down and I think we we pretty much played that well and um, as you said like Pavel at right back I thought defended really really well um, and it was just a shame that the way that the the goal came about um, from you know, I know Ollie was spoke about it afterwards, coming from our free kick that w- was given offside, and within a split second they've got the ball back, and suddenly we're we're one 0 down with only a couple of minutes to go. Yeah, well, they scored 13 seconds after they took that free kick. They were given four offside, and I know on the commentary, Mr. Sinton, there was a groan from the former England and QPR wide man as soon as we conceded the free kick for offside. And it was as much about giving them possession straight back as well as the missed opportunity to make something happen. And that combined with the fact that everyone had gone forward for the free kick. So it was a, a well-placed groan from you. Yeah, I was, I was quite frustrated because one, we've, def- we've already said we've defended brilliantly all day. Uh, you look like you're going to go away with something, which after probably 20 minutes, I think everyone would have took. Um, and what we probably deserved, but I hate that phrase, you know, you deserved it or you didn't deserve it because... It's what you got. It's what you got at the end of the day. But, uh, yeah, the groan on commentary because um, we've got the ball, having just withstood a, a little bit of a period. Um, got an ideal opportunity to, you know, they're defending right on the 18-yard box. There's a big amount of space between the 18-yard box and their goalkeeper. So if I'm me on the free kick, I'm looking mm. at that space. And if I'm... Or what I want from a centre forward or my forwards or my defenders if they go up is for them to start a little bit deeper and get a run on the defenders right. so you know that takes out any offside yeah, it's give, a big it, area for the, the person taking the free kick to hit and it gives us an opportunity to you know to go and win the game mm. you know just after the sounds you know that one one chance so that was the frustrate that you know we give up possession they get it down they play quickly ball in the middle of the park Gallagher plays it first time splits up uh, two central defenders and we're picking the ball out the net, as you say, 13 seconds from having an opportunity to probably work their goalkeeper. Yeah, and Ollie said afterwards, if he was taking the free kick, he said I'd have probably stepped over it and retook it just to use up a few more seconds while also maintaining the uh, the opportunity for ourselves. So, yeah, it's certainly disappointing for it to end in the way that it did. But a couple of positives to come from it and Ilias Cher's league debut for QPR in a very difficult situation and certainly when we went down to 10 men we were speculating well perhaps he's going to be the one that comes off here because one he's making his his league debut he's a, he's a young lad he's a creative attack minded player as well so sometimes those luxury style players are, are withdrawn in favour of someone who's going to be a little bit more robust in the centre of the midfield but credit to him he, he did stay on the pitch and he certainly did himself proud what did you make of his performance? I thought he equipped himself really really well obviously uh, would have loved to seen him on the ball more in the creative role that he, that he can occupy and we know he can do but circumstances of the game took that away so he, he, he he fulfilled a role for the side he was still comfortable in possession he was bright he always looked to get on the ball he was full of energy 
So, you know, the, the, the young kid, I quite like the 20 minutes he saw, I saw from him in the cup uh, early in the season. So, yeah, that was, that, was a, that was a positive from Saturday afternoon. But as you say, you, it wasn't just uh, Elias Chair. I thought there was a lot of positives. But we come away with nothing again. We'll talk about a couple of the other positives in a moment. But Elias Chair, it certainly took a lot of people by surprise when he was in the starting lineup. Andy, can you tell us a bit about him? Hmm. Um, well, in brief, I mean, people who, who keep a close eye on the, the 23s will, will have seen him perhaps more so last season. Um, he came over from, from Belgium. Um, and to be fair, you know, we only signed him in, in January of this year. So it's kind of been quite a you know, whirlwind few months. So what you're saying is we can't go with Ilias Cherry's one of our own? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite just yet, but... Um, so, you know, he came over from, from Belgium. He's also played for the, the Moroccan youth team, so sort of dual nationality, but, um, you know, made a few appearances. You know, he came over on trial, obviously impressed Paul Hall and co at the, the 23s. Um, as you say, you know, an attack-minded, creative play, likes to get on the ball and, and make something happen in the final third. And it was a shame, yeah, on, on Saturday, obviously as things panned out, you know, he, you know, he wouldn't have didn't get as much opportunity as he probably would have liked to to do that and show people what he can do but that said I thought it was you know testament to him that I think obviously with with Luke Freeman out of the side most of set pieces where Ilias was taking them corners or or free kicks from out wide and I think it was one about the 75th minute mark where he, he swung one in and it looked like it was just going to creep in at the far post bounced just wide didn't just it? wide and um but you know he wasn't he didn't shy away from anything you know he was there running wanted to take all the you know the, the, the set pieces and i spoke to him afterwards and he was while he was you know really proud to, to have made his league debut as he was proud to have made those first team appearances in the league cup earlier in the season he was still as the rest of the squad were gutted that having put in such a a good and disciplined performance that they ended up not coming away with anything but I'm sure you know things much you know obviously Freeman's going to be be back available this weekend but I'm sure it won't be the last we see of him in and around the first team and Pavel Shoek we mentioned him briefly playing at, at right back and he certainly did well he did well in terms of getting forward but defensively he seemed to show some real nous and awareness in how he dealt with with their attacking threat down the left yeah, I was really impressed with Pav on the day, you know, playing as a uh, as an orthodox right back, probably something a little bit strange to him. Is uh, that something you were ever asked to do during your playing days to to play a full back? I think you did, didn't you? Yeah, one of the first times I played left back was when uh, we went to Russia uh, for England at Graham Taylor, and I was playing against Andre Kanchelskis. <laughs> <laughs> first time I'd ever wow. played as a natural uh, left back, but uh, there was method in the madness, and I coped with it quite well. But uh, but going back to Pav, yeah. Um, I thought he equipped himself really, really well. You know, his defensive side of his game was excellent. He's playing up against Callum Robinson, who's a who's a decent player, mm. a decent winger, can go either way. Um, I'm sure Preston might have looked at the team sheet and thought that's an avenue where we possibly can exploit. But I don't think Callum Robinson got much change out of Pavel. Uh, you know, defensively sound, got forward, and uh, he put some decent balls into the box as well. It'd be interesting to see if. Um Ian Holloway starts him this weekend against Leeds and indeed where he puts him because yeah he certainly did do well at right back probably for Pavel Showick he did too well at right back and might find himself in that position again going forward um, and just a word on the sending off of Alex Baptiste happened after the final whistle um, for dissent and obviously it's a, a big blow to it would have been a big blow to lose him regardless because he has been playing so well for us but considering the defensive problems we've got in terms of injuries it's a, a real big blow ahead of this weekend 
Yeah, well, I wasn't aware until uh, one of our media colleagues up in the gantry told us um, once we had sort of finished comms at the weekend that Alex had been sent off, then showed us, you know, and that's just frustration from mm. Alex, you know, um, you know, defender. I thought he was excellent on the day. He had a, he yeah. had a period for about 20 minutes where everything, everything in the air, everything seemed to, whether it was blocking it, he was getting his head on it, you know, he went down holding his hamstring at a time and you think, <laughs> is he coming off? And <laughs> So he's probably frustrated with himself frustrated with the team for conceding in the manner that yeah. did so late on and that overspills you know he gets booked I think for throwing the ball away then after the final whistle you know then I hear things that he's talking to their player that's probably the frustrating bit for Alex and Ollie and the team actually because you know if you're talking to someone and the referee's a yard or two yards away it, again it's that interpretation yeah. who's, who's he speaking to so for an experienced player I'm sure Alex would be a little bit disappointed with that but as I say, yeah, you've got to take it on the chin. Yeah, I mean, you can certainly understand it, I suppose, as a as a defender in that situation to come through 70 minutes and nearly help lead your team towards a point. It must have, certainly for the defensive-minded players on that pitch, it would have felt like three points. So to have it snatched away right at the end must have been hugely disappointing. But an interesting gauge always away from home in particular is the reaction of the QPR fans. And the QPR players went over to applaud more than 500 of them who made the trip up to Preston for their support and the support was fantastic at Deepdale it really was and the reaction of the R's fans was to applaud the, the QPR players it was a real recognition of a an excellent performance albeit a disappointing result yeah I think well, I echo what you say you know the fans were excellent uh, up at Preston you know, 500 and whatever was up there cold December Christmas around the corner yeah. you know team on a poor run of results so Fans were fantastic, uh, and I think they showed their appreciation to the efforts of the players by, you know, their reaction at the end of the game. They knew, obviously, with Jamie's sending off after 21 minutes, that it had been a tough afternoon. But they recognised the players stood strong on another day, could have come with something, and it's great to see the fans uh, stayed with the team. Because if I could just use that time, you know, the, the fans over the next few weeks are going to be really, really key to stay with the team because um, sometimes it's easy to support a team when you're doing well. We're in a little bit of a, a rut at the minute and the fans have got a big, big part to play. Yet they need to respond to what they see on the pitch. But the last thing anything wants is for the fans to, to go against the team because that would be counterproductive. So it's almost like a play for me, you know. Been brilliant so far. Stay with the team and help the players to pull through this difficult period. We often hear those sort of comments that, you know, we we need the fans, etc. As a former player, what sort of difference does it make when the fans are on side or perhaps the fans are, are feeling frustrated? If you're going through a, a disappointing spell, going back to your playing days, did you talk about it in the dressing room where the conversations had amongst the players? Did it impact on you individually in terms of your performance or perhaps your teammates who you knew it impacted on greater? Without a shadow of a doubt. You know, players, contrary to what some people might think, players aren't stupid. They can assess situation. They, anyone in that QPR dressing room doesn't know, doesn't need people to say, well, you haven't won for five games or they, they're fully aware of that. They'll want to turn that around. They'll want to start performing and they'll be aware and they'll really appreciate the reaction they got from the, the, the fans at Preston on Saturday because at least they can take yeah it went against the Saturday but they can take that as a collective into a huge game this weekend against Leeds OK and Andy just a word from you in terms of 
social media and the reaction on social media it was it was quite a mix from what I saw there was some people who recognised it for what it was others who were more disappointed with the recent run yeah I think um, obviously given the, the recent form fair to say um, yeah there wasn't too much expectancy on, on Saturday but equally it was a, an opportunity against a Preston team that was sort of you know mid-table and without Luke Freeman it wasn't I think you know we, we wondered where the, the spark was going to come from but yeah, as you as you say, you know, as it panned out, it would have been a a really creditable draw, having played for seventy minutes with ten men, um, and I mean, as Andy talks about, the fans that were were there could certainly see the the effort and and the work rate that the players put in, um, and I'm sure that you know the the fans who are following it on on social media appreciated that as well. You know, obviously, of course, you've got the the frustration of you know, there's nothing worse than than conceding in the, the last couple of minutes as yeah. we knew on the, the flip side only the, the game before against Brentford so we know how it how it can go on the other the other side of things but um, yeah I mean as Andy says massive game on, on Saturday now at home where we'll be you know, I'm sure we'll, we'll come on to but we'll be a, a, a big big crowd with, with Leeds here and um, yeah the fans the backing will be will be massive to get behind the players and it seems the defensive frailties is just growing and growing at the moment Ned Manua, James Perch, Stephen Corker, Grant Hall, Joel Lynch, Darnell Furlong, Alex Baptiste, all currently unavailable. We've caught up with Captain Ned Manua, who is hopefully now nearing a return after almost three months on the sidelines with a torn hamstring. So let's hear from him and see how his rehab is going. Nedham, thanks for joining us on the Loftcast. It's been three months that you've been on the sidelines almost and for someone who's not used to being injured who just churns out game after game how have you found it um it's been quite difficult in parts to be honest but then in the same breath as well i think having a having a break it's sort of boosted my desire even more than it was before you know i've been working very very hard to get back in and now you know that you have to earn the right to be even involved in the squad let alone the side it um, really does motivate you is there a tendency when you're playing week in, week out, to almost take for granted going onto the football pitch and playing in, in front of thousands, obviously loving what you do, and then for it to be taken away from you, does it make you enjoy it even more and appreciate it even more, if you like? Yeah, I think it certainly can do, but it's kind of like um, most things with health. You know, while you're in good health, you, you, know, you take everything for granted, but then say someone has a back injury or they're a little bit ill, all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, how did I ever, how did I ever survive before? But yeah, I do... I'm really looking forward to to being back out there. You know, having seen it from the other side, uh, it's tough at times. You know, because you want the side to do well and you want to be able to help. But you know, as long as it takes for me to be fit and hopefully get the opportunity again to play, then that's, I'll be I'll be happy with that. And in terms of your return, what's the situation? What are you hoping for? I don't know. You know, at my age, 31 now. <laughs> You know, no, only joking. Um, I don't know. I was just taking it day to day, week to week. Hopefully, um, you know, if things go well in training within the next couple of weeks, then perhaps I'll be involved. But that's going to be down to the medical department and not to the manager to make that final decision. And just talking about the injury itself against Millwall, the manager said afterwards that you, you basically ripped the hamstring off the bone. I think the most incredible thing was no one was really aware of it until half time, and you said. It feels a bit sore. <laughs> yeah, um, so it happened, I think it was about 11 minutes in, and I, and I got booked for a, quite a strong tackle. Um, I remember thinking, I've done something here, I'm, I'm, I'm in trouble here. 
but you know it's a, it's a big game against Millwall. We're at home, you know. I'm captain, and for as long as I could jock, then I think I always like to try and make it to a to a break or something like that. I couldn't kick on my left side because it was so painful, but then that's not new anyway, whether there's pain there or not. So, <laughs> you know, I just decided to just try and play on for as long as possible and give the side and you know the manager the opportunity to make a better decision or a more informed decision based on how the game was going, as opposed to what's just happened with me because. I think sometimes changing a defender for a defender, say, so early in the game, it almost feels like a wasted substitution. So it's just one of those times where you just had to, I just had to grit my teeth and just get through it. So what was said at half time? Um, it was like, uh, was like, "How are you feeling?" And I was like, uh, "I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah, um, been better." Uh, but I think they were down to ten men at that point, so there was going to be a bit more emphasis on us pushing forward and you know trying to trying to get one back. So. Uh, you know, the physios did a couple of checks on me, saw that I was in a terrible state <laughs> and said, yeah, he's probably not going to be able to make it back. But they thought maybe he'll be all right for the weekend. But, you know, very quickly that was that theory was put in the bin, yeah. Jack Robinson, who obviously had a, a really difficult time with injuries um, since coming back from his loan spell at Huddersfield, he spoke recently. He said he actually went through periods of depression because he was finding it so difficult. By comparison, three months is not as challenging, but what were the most difficult periods for you? Were there any real difficult periods for you? Um, so, so when I, so I've been professional since like 2004. So, you know, I've had plenty of ups, plenty of downs. I've had quite a few injuries when I was younger. So I've been in that place whereby, you know, you, you're desperately trying to prove yourself, but then you're also trying to find your fitness as well. But, you know, that's when it was, it was a lot more difficult. Like I used to have a lot of sleepless nights when I was younger, you know, due to people's, manager's perceptions of me and you know trying to be involved in all this stuff especially when the side's doing well and you're not playing you, that can be very difficult but as I've gotten older especially because this is going to be three months I, you know I'm 31 I've played plenty of games and I just knew that the most important thing was just to make sure that I rehabbed it correctly and I came back in a position whereby I was stronger if not as strong if not stronger than I was before I got injured you know so you don't really I didn't really suffer from real stress and the big stress at the start was being on crutches for the four weeks because as I say you, you take good health for granted then all of a sudden you're uh, you're told that you can't put any weight down on your left side and you figure out that that's actually a lot of hard work um, so yeah that early phase for me was the most difficult but it wasn't I just knew that it was. I just had to get to the end of week four and I'd be okay so as I say for me as long as I know that there's an end goal there then I'm, I'm usually alright and you go into the treatment room and it's like a defender's meeting at the moment. It's incredible. Have you ever known anything like it in terms of the same area of the pitch being hit so heavily? No, no, I haven't, to be honest. No, I haven't. Um, but then the same ref, you know, we, we just like to hang about together, don't we? You know, if, if there's one man down, we're all going to go down so we can all just entertain each other. It's, the timing of it has been terrible. Um, but, you know, if this, if this ends up being the only time that all the defenders are injured now and we all stay fit for the rest of the season, then, you know, at least we might be trying to win, draw games nil-nil anyway. What has been the frustration as well is that the season we started so well, the results we were picking up at home, the performances we were producing away, and I think any team in the country would would suffer when they have that many injuries to that one area of the pitch. So from the sidelines watching, it must have been even more frustrating. Yeah, it was, yeah. You know, to, in an ideal world, you know, you'd have a squad of maybe, oh, you'd have 11 players and they'd all be fit all the time. And then, you know, they'd win every game. They'd have no injuries, have no suspensions, all that stuff. But, 
you know, it doesn't happen. So thankfully for us, it, it has been a squad game. And for as much as some of the defenders have dropped out in the last few months, people like Jack have been able to come through and, and really prove himself. Alex has done really well as well. Um, Jay Bidwell, to name but a few. Pavel's been playing right back. Jordan's been playing right back. It's been and Darnell Furlong as well before he got injured. <coughs> It's, it's to the point whereby, thankfully, we have good quality within the squad to be able to cover for you know, people who have played the majority of the games, um, like stepping out. And those guys, you know, it's, for as much as they might have been disappointed earlier in the season when perhaps they weren't getting the games that they would have liked, credit to people like Jack because they've come in and you know, they've made the position they're on now. And it shows that the captain's job isn't just on the pitch for the 90 minutes once a week because... You're still very much the captain in around the training ground while Masluonga was rented the armband yeah, for a match day. Yeah, uh, it's funny actually. I heard that um, Masluonga tried to wear the, the rainbow armband, but he was like way too big for him. <laughs> so yeah, I think it was a rainbow belt for him pretty much. Uh, yes, being being a captain of a football club, I think it's more than just, just being out there on the field. I think that's something that is misunderstood a little bit about professional football is, you know, for as much as we're seen from maybe two o'clock till five o'clock on a Saturday, you know, we are technically still doing stuff throughout the rest of the week and there, there is a lot to be said and there's a lot to be done. But, you know, for as much as I try and help, um, I think the rest of the players, there's, there's such good guys that it's, it's an easy job for me and, you know, we police ourselves. It's not just a case of me going around saying we need to do this, we need to do that. It's, it's everyone taking part because, you know, everyone knows right and wrong and everyone knows how to be a good professional. And I often see a, a player speak to you in the corridor around Harlington about an issue about something that needs to be discussed. And it, it seems you enjoy that responsibility and, you've, if you like, you've created a, a culture within that dressing where players are coming to you and speaking to you about issues, whether they be big or small, that need to be resolved and spoken about. Yes, I, I, do, I, do, um, I do like being involved in situations like that, to be honest. I think especially because... The way that I see it, football at times, for as much as you're in a team environment, essentially you are an individual and you have things which maybe sometimes play on your mind and you do need support. And, you know, whether it's a case of, you know, you might have been a couple of minutes late or you're wondering what to say, because yeah, there's some young players here now who aren't playing the games that they've been used to playing in the past. So this is a tough, this is like a, a very significant time in their career where they need to make sure they make the right decisions. I think for as long as they have the ability to be able to call on senior or more senior professionals who would have been there before, then hopefully it'll, it'll aid their decision making so that when they reach my age, say they'll be, they'll have ten times better career than I've had, and you know twice the knowledge because they've they've lived through moments and they've made the right decisions at the right times. Because it's not always a case of within football that you learn from your mistakes, because certain mistakes in football take away your opportunity to play the game itself. So I think, as I say, if you can if you can have a good knowledge base around you and you do feel confident enough to go and speak to somebody who might have been there before, say like myself or James Perch or Alex Smithies or someone like that, you know, we're we're not out here to try and harm you. For as much as it's competitive, you know, we are here to here to help each other. So yeah, you know, as long as if people feel comfortable coming up to me, then I'm happy to give them any advice that I can I can offer. Great stuff. And just finally after a difficult period for you personally in terms of match action. I would imagine you're excited about the second half of the season, getting out there and perhaps not taking for granted feeling fit like we all do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think at 31, it's finally realised that I'm, I'm not a child anymore. <laughs> so yeah, just hopefully I can. If that, if that, I'd like it that this would be my last injury in my career. Full stop. To be honest, whether or not I have that luck, I don't know. But 
it's definitely going to be the focus. I just want to try and play as many games as possible and enjoy every single second of it. Great to catch up there with Nadim Anua and fantastic that there's light at the end of the tunnel for him after nearly three months out. It'll be fantastic to have him back. What he was saying there since is that while he hasn't been on the pitch, he's still been the, the captain in and around the, the training ground, but there's nothing like having one of your more senior players out on the pitch alongside you, particularly when things aren't going as you'd like. You need all your experienced players, you need your best players, <coughs> and with you know the horrendous run of injuries we've had at the back uh, it'll just be nice to to start getting one two three back yeah. uh, but Nedham uh, as as the skipper you know he'll be he'll have been in and around the training ground as he said very much hands-on chatting to the players um you know he's miles ahead of schedule i think yeah um which speaks volumes for for him as a person for him with his attitude and his application uh to to work at his rehab and to get him back as I say we welcome him back as I say uh, hopefully sooner rather than later uh, it's been a miss um, certainly with a, a horrendous situation that we've had but uh, yeah be back soon hopefully yeah great to have him back um, and looking ahead then to this weekend against Leeds United and sometimes you can just focus on your own results and obviously we're going through a difficult spell after picking up those back-to-back wins against uh, Wolves and Sheffield United that seems almost a lifetime ago all of a sudden but Leeds have actually done similar this season they started the season incredibly well they from their first nine games they won seven of them but then during September and October they lost seven out of eight it's just incredible how the championship can do that to teams but now they seem to have turned it around a little bit they've picked up seven points from their last four games so they'll be coming into this game with confidence and when you look where they are in the league table as well they're eighth, so only two places outside the top six, but they're five points adrift after having all played 20 games. So I would imagine Leeds United players or anyone with, of a Leeds United persuasion will be looking at QPR away, even though it is away. Right, we've got to go there and get three points, get ourselves back in the pack. So my assumption, and I've been wrong before in football, I'll be wrong a million times again, is that Leeds will come and they will attack us. Doesn't that suit us? Yeah, uh, I, w- I would have thought so. Um, you know, you, you you look at Leeds as sort of season, if you like, and I think everyone's getting really excited at the start of the season. You know, but as you quite rightly say, that is the championship. You can go on little runs. You know, if you look at our October, uh, we've had a really good October, then we hit a horrendous November. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just uh, incredible. Middlesbrough, a similar sort of run, you know, a well fancied side who've spent an absolute fortune. But uh, yeah, Leeds. Villa, w- Aston Villa, Aston Aston Villa example, started really, really strong, slow, then yeah. uh, going like a train sort yeah. of thing, you know. So it's uh, it's about momentum, and it's about you know um, whether it's in games or once you win games, going on to the next one, going on to the next one, and then vice versa. If you're losing games, it can it can linger into into the game that you've got coming up. But uh, yeah, listen, they're a good side. Um, some of the players they've got in their team uh, just hitting a, a little bit of form again. I, I'm watched them at Barnsley on the TV a couple of weeks ago and they were they were really really impressive I think they drew deservedly so with Villa and it was a good game so uh, so yeah it's uh, it's game on again but I think we say that before we say that every week you've got to be at your best uh, to win games it's quite topical at the minute you know I've just sat up and watched England get beat at the cricket uh, many uh, it probably applies to most teams but if you're looking at the cricket and no apologies for this 
but England have just lost two games. They've been in the game in both games, but you hear the experts talking about key moments of the game. When you've got key moments of games, cricket, football, golf, can you hold a putt? You know, can you make the most when you're on top? Can you not concede at mm. times like we did against Villa or Derby right on a stroke at half-time? Preston the other day, last two minutes, there's key periods in a game, and if you get those right more often than not, you'll pick up results. And Leeds have got the upper and lower tier of the away end this weekend, Mr Watkins, and that'll only add to the atmosphere, won't it? Yeah, it certainly will. Um, and I think for whatever reason, I, whenever we seem to play the, the so-called bigger teams or when they pack out the, the away end, it, if anything, it seems to do us a favour and it seems to, to lift our, our team, it lifts our fans. And I think the, the wins here and the, the, the better results I remember here are always tend to be when we play the teams and they've got mm. it kind of makes it a bit bit, bit sweeter when you've got the um, the away end packed out and we're the ones that are doing all the celebrating but I mean yeah Leeds obviously came here first game of last season and, and packed out and um, a repeat result of that would be nice but um, no it will certainly help um, you know it will help with I'm sure the atmosphere um, and that's exactly what we need you know hopefully from, from the first whistle um, the fans getting behind behind the team and having you know big big away and will only help that as well and since just finally Ian Holloway how does he approach this game away from home he's been looked to be a little bit more tighter um, and, and just trying to deal with this away form that we're experiencing at the moment home by and large we have done very well and we picked up a lot of points here at Loftus Road this season how do you expect him to approach this game I think uh, he'll be on the front foot. Uh, you know, he'll be looking for a fast start. He'll be and even uh, though Ilias did very well, you expect him to bring Luke Freeman in to get those midfield trio back together. I think he'll bring Luke back in, and whether Ilias stays in, uh, Jamie will probably obviously go straight out of the team when he with his with his sending off. Yeah, so yeah, whether he keeps Ilias in, you know, that's up for the manager and the coach and staff. But now I fully expect us to be on the front foot take the game uh, game to, to Leeds you know where we have done well here is when we've got forward we've got bodies in the box we've got crosses in the box we work the opposition back for um, and cut out the lapses of com uh, concentration at key moments which I've already talked about and for me it's a time in adversity where players you know come on stand up and be counted where's the leadership from in the dressing room and uh, stay together stay strong and I'm sure and I'm convinced we can pull through this difficult period that we're all in at this moment in time how big a game is it this weekend you look after this we've got Birmingham City and one glance at the league table will tell you how big a fixture that's going to be just how big a game is this one here at Loftus Road every game for me is big you know because no matter stage of the season people tend to go to the last few games of the season and say oh this one's huge this yeah. one's a big six pointer you know, but a manager used to say to me, you know, you gain promotions, you, you get into good positions uh, early in the season by getting your points on the board. So they're all big. Um, you know, it's a, it's a tough, it's an unforgiving um, league. We've got another good side with a big following coming, and we're playing for three points. And we got to do all we can, by hook or by crook, to start turning some of our performances, certainly at home where we've been quite good, into into points that take us up uh, the table. And like you were saying earlier, while there's been disappointment amongst the fans with the recent results, there's a big, big role for this. It's always a role for the fans. You know, I played in a time where Loftus Road, um, 
was a special place to play and the fans were great and people might say oh you know you were playing for the top London club and you were playing in the Premier League uh, I get all that but fans by and large here have been outstanding they stay with their team uh, and we need them uh, more now than we probably needed them all season so get behind the boys and let's see if we can get the three points together <laughs>